0: Hi, this is Brian Standing, host of the Monday 8 O'Clock Buzz. Thanks so much for listening to the program. Hope you subscribe to our podcast. And if you really like what you're hearing, consider donating at wortfm.org. For as long as human beings have had hair on the top of their head, hairstyles have denoted social status, membership in a particular community, or simply a means of personal or cultural expression. Artifacts from the Paleolithic period show that people were braiding their hair 30,000 years ago. In the modern era, hairstyles and braids have had particular significance in African-American communities. Joining us by phone now is Jeffrey Patterson, the owner of JP's Hair and a lecturer at Madison College. Welcome, Jeffrey. Welcome, thank you. Also joining us is Nde Binta Bintasar, who owns Binken's African Braids. Welcome, Nde Binta, to the 8 O'Clock Buzz. Yeah, thank you. So um, let's talk a little bit about why hairstyle and braiding, um, in particular, are significant in the African American community. What what did they? How did this come about as being uh, a, a means of cultural expression? Jeffrey, let's start with you.
1: Um, when it when it comes to to your hair, your hair is is important to you. It gives you identity. Um, some resilience. You can, you can be creative and expressive with your hair. And sometimes hair gives you, you know, a feeling of freedom. Um, so that's that's why, you know, I think hair is an, an important when it comes to barbering or if it comes to braiding. Um, it's just a, a, it gives you an identity.
0: And there's a long tradition of uh, people gathering in barbershops or in hair salons and uh, having an opportunity to talk in community. How important are these these places as sources of community? Uh, Nde Benta, how do, tell us about that.
2: Yes. Um, just by experience, I have a um, braiding salon. So this is where we met. This is where we discuss about culture. This is where we discuss about History. This is where we discuss about our life, daily lives, the huddles we have, and this is where we boost our confidence as Af- um, Black American or African Amer- uh, American or African in general. So I believe it's really important place, and people feel happy just by doing their hair, just seeing the um, transitioning of themselves. Like they are looking beautiful, they believe in themselves. It boosts their confidence, and it's where they actually kind of talk about life or see someone they can talk to because it's really hard. People live like independently somehow or they have troubles or they don't um, have confidence to talk about um, their lives. So this is the place that we meet, talk about life, boost each other's confident, give support to each other. So I believe it's a really good place and it's kind of like a therapy to so many people.
0: Now there was a long period of time in American history where uh, traditionally African or black American hair uh, was was considered de, uh, de class a and people tried to mm-hmm. straighten their hair or try to make it look mm-hmm. more like uh, Caucasian European hair uh, How did that change and when did when did hair become sort of a political statement? Jeffrey? Yeah, good good question
1: and um from what I can remember in the seventies that, you know, the Afros came back. It was more of, you know, the, the black power, you know, and being able to bring our community, our black community together as one, a lot of the music back then was, it was, it was about culture and bringing music back and bringing the, um, the culture together, the, the hair, the Afros. Um, that was when, you saw a lot of the black community become one. Um, mm-hmm. and that was I mean it was you saw it in the the barbershops in the hair, you know, you didn't get close cuts. It was, you know, you want to pick your hair out and and you had the, the, the pick that had the fist in it. You know, you stick the, the pick in your hair with the black fist sticking out, showing black power. Um, and that was that was back in the seventies, you know, so um, those days definitely you know, has gone and come back. And I mean, it's been a transition. We've been uh, at a point where the Afros have come back, you know, and it's more of a, a nappy look now rather than the nice round uh, microphone type of haircut, you know. So, um, you yeah. know
0: and And they been to let's talk about braiding in particular uh when did when did braiding hair in uh African American communities become uh, important again
2: yeah, um looking at the history you know it's originated from Africa itself, so this is when people come together in the community. It's kind of like an identification if I go back to the history of um in Africa and it's kind of indication of person's tribe, age, marital status, wealth, power, and religion. So, but now it's kind of more of a trending style. So people feel like doing certain particular hairstyles make them kind of like boost their confidence in them, look more pretty, and kind of um, something doing something trending. So just to fit in within us. So, coming now, people feel like every time, especially the TikTok, the social media is the one that's really boosting people's confidence when it comes to this braiding. So, they feel like doing certain styles, oh my God, it's just something that I really want to do. They work towards it and it's really expensive like to do braids, but people can pull out 300 $400 just to do it, just to look good and feel really good, something that really boosts they're confident. So yeah. It's the same. It's the same like the, from the history, how people use their braids to express themselves. It's the same way they're doing it, but in a more fashionable way. But before it was kinda like um indication of you're in a particular tribe, you're in particular days, but nowadays no, that's not the case. It's more of what is trending and how will I look and also like how will I, you know, be of recent part of those that are doing the recent styles and how they will be like kind of posting their pictures feeling good more likes because of their breaks so this is how they feel when they do breaks or they have to do it often people do it like once a month some do it three times um, um once every three weeks so it depends what style they're going for
0: And when uh, clients come to your shop, do they ask, say, make me look like this, make me look like so-and-so, or do they say, give me something different that nobody else has?
2: Some will just come for unique styles, but some will just, many, I can say like 75% will come for trending styles because they will be following TikTok. Most of the styles they bring in the shop is from TikTok or Instagram. So they will say, oh, this is the one I want, the one that has more likes and views. Those are the ones they want to get in. Like That's the more fashionable one, so they will not mind to spend their money to do it. So it's more of what is trending than some kind of like a unique look. Only a few will come for unique look, but most of them will have to come with a different style. And braiding is kind of art. Every month you will see different things. People create so many different stuff. So as it is um, going... You have more complex and more creative braids. This is what people want to do. Try something new all the time. So this is how we go with it. And you Je- have to learn all the time, you know.
0: Jeffrey, are you finding the same thing in the people who come into your shop? Are they looking for trendy haircuts or uh things that are unique? Yeah,
1: I, I would agree with Binta. It's, it's definitely social media driven. You know, what's mm-hmm. ever out there on social media, that's what comes into the shop. You know, that's what comes in. I would like my hair cut like this. And, um, you know, if it's an athlete with a hairstyle that's popular, then that's what our community, you know, we follow that. Um, But yeah, I definitely agree with that.
0: Now, the the NAACP has a legal defense fund that uh, has a project that's focused on natural hair discrimination. Is this a problem that you've seen in this area? Are people uh, discriminated on the basis of their hairstyle? Jeffrey, let's start with you.
1: Um, You know what? I I, I really can't comment on that. I'm not not sure, but I'm sure that that probably happens. What I can add is I've served on the state of Wisconsin cosmetology board for many years. And in the last two to three years, braiding has been taken out of the statute as far as being able to regulate it. So braiders African braiders can braid hair in the state of Wisconsin without a cosmetology license and that was something that was pushed really hard because there's plenty African American African braiders that that braid hair that really doesn't do a ton of cosmetology work um, and they were put under the cosmetology umbrella so they were being regulated and yep. they were being regulated as unlicensed an establishment, an unlicensed activity, when they were doing nothing but braiding hair.
0: All right. So, Jeffrey Patterson and Inde Bintasar will give a guest lecture, The History of Braids at Madison College on Thursday, February 8th from noon to 1 p.m. To register for the event, go to wolfbackconnectmadisoncollege.edu slash events. Jeffrey Patterson, Inde Bintasar. Thank you so much for joining us on the 8 o'clock buzz.